My name is Kayla Spelling. I'm a Kentucky girl with wild hair and green eyes who's not just a photographer and videographer, but a midnight designer too. I'm a visual storyteller with a creative spirit that knows no bounds. As a creative junkie and Aquarian sun, my love for all things creative runs deep. Being a visual storyteller for over a decade has allowed me to work with some seriously impressive clients across all spectrums, fueling my desire to learn and explore how people experience the world. What do they have in common? They all live and breathe their passions. So inspired by their experiences, I launched a podcast to hear theirs and other stories on how they broke the nine to five mold and pursued their true purpose in life. My goal is to empower listeners with knowledge and inspire them to live their most authentic and fulfilling life by following their passions. Join me on a journey where we'll explore spiritualism, consciousness, writing, culinary arts, tattooing, music, travel, media, and so much more. As an Aquarius, I know that I'm full of surprises, but one thing's for sure. We're in for a crazy journey into this world of creative junk. Calling all spooky ghouls and gals. Welcome to Creative Junk. Get ready to be inspired as we delve into captivating conversations with extraordinary individuals who are living out their passions. And guess what? It's Halloween, my absolute favorite holiday. I'm beyond excited to be sharing the special day with all of you and to have a chat with two fabulously frightful gals from the land down under. In today's wickedly fantastic episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Anne and Renata, the dynamic paranormal duo known as Frightfully Good, or my personal favorite, Ghost Grannies. I first met Anne and Renata during a trip to Germany and Prague in July, and I was instantly captivated by their energy. We had a spectacular time exploring haunted locations, and I couldn't stop laughing in their presence. During this episode, we delve into their origins as paranormal investigators in Australia and discuss the exciting projects they are currently working on as Frightfully Good. We also share our experiences with table tipping at the famously haunted Huska Castle, as well as various other paranormal encounters. Plus, we'll give you a sneak peek into two upcoming supernatural tours that these ladies will be leading with Mysterious Adventures Tours. Trust me, it's going to be a frightfully good time. Now, let me tell you a little bit more about this amazing paranormal duo. Renata and Anne, the Australian teammates of Frightfully Good, have come together with one incredible mission. They use their knowledge and experience of the supernatural world to not only educate and entertain, but also have a blast while doing it. Together, Anne and Renata have established the Frightfully Good School of Ghost Hunting, which offers workshops and conferences. They also run the Frightfully Good Paranormal Spiritual Community, where they host a weekly podcast on various spooky topics and organize spooky weekends away. Additionally, they have created the Seance Parlor, True Haunting Spooky Sundays podcast, and the brand new Diary of a Ghost Hunter. You can catch all of them on YouTube, where they have a popular series called True Haunting's Companion, as well as Ghost Hunters React, Anna Renata's Misadventures, Free Workshops, and Devil's Advocate on Isaac Butterfield's channel. Anne and Renata, as frightfully good, proudly stands out from the crowd of serious-faced investigators. They're approachable and edgy and provide a fun outlet for paranormal exploration. They never forget to have a laugh. I can definitely contest to this, but they also conduct their business from a place of compassion and love. So without further ado, let's dive into the hauntingly good chat with Frightfully Good. 
thank you so much for coming on here, hanging out with me, making time for me. I appreciate it. I know you're so busy. Oh, no, we, we can't. Oh, we just couldn't say no to you. <laughs> no, that's right. Thank you. Thank can't you so no. much. We, just to let our my listeners know, we met um, a couple of months ago on a trip, a grand trip to Germany and through the Czech Republic. And I just, our little side chats, I just really enjoyed uh, getting to know you guys. And um, we are going to be going on a tour together uh, in March to Ireland. Yes. And so, yeah, so we really were like, we got to really get to know each other so we can yeah. make sure that we're going to be good for like 11 days together. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be able to go hide in a corner somewhere and go, oh, did you see that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm so excited for that tour. That's going to be a paranormal-themed tour with Mysterious Adventures Tours, and that will be March 2024. So uh, be excited for book that. Now. Actually, by the Yeah, book now. And by the time that this podcast goes, um, the new itinerary will be up. So people can then, like, check out the full itinerary. Yeah. And then they can, like, see what this whole experience is going to be like. So it'll be so fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. I would love for you guys just to give me a little bit of background. So you guys are a paranormal duo, and I would love to kind of know about this, like how you guys met each other and how you got started on this venture being Frightfully Good. Okay. Well, first off, being Australian, we need to know what is the level of swearing allowed on the show? <laughs> you can swear as much as you want. That's okay. Oh. You're allowed. Yeah. Okay. We're right. spicy here. <laughs> All right. So uh, I found out about Renata sort of uh, by doing a tour. Uh, she was running Newcastle Ghost Tours in Newcastle and uh, she had some locations and I went on one of her tours. But before that, I was part of my own paranormal team. And I had been told by other members of that team to steer clear of her. She's a bitch. So I sort of always looked at her like, ew, that's that person. Ew. But she had some good locations. So I thought, well, I'll go do a tour. And I sort of realized that she she was okay. Uh, went to a couple of expos, saw her standing over there like. And I thought, oh, yeah, that that's that's the bitch. Um, but it, it turned out that's just her resting face. Uh, <laughs> But that's that's how I found out about Renata. I'll let you add to it now. Oh, thanks. Thanks. After you've just said all the most horrible things. This is where you come uh, in with the good it. stuff about me. <laughs> resting, resting bitch face. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, I um, Talking about getting out of your comfort zone, this was ultimate getting out of your comfort zone. I'm a, a really shy person very, very shy. And for me to be in a place that is filled with people that I don't know, I usually find a wall and go in and rest on it uh, and and protect myself like this. Um, Mm -hmm. Because that's, Mm -hmm. that's just my protection stance. That's, that's kind of what I do. So people misinterpret that as being cold or off puttish or whatever. Um, I just don't like a lot of people in an enclosed space. That's why we head out, hang out with the dead. Yeah, so, uh, you know, choosing to do what we were doing, like being tour guides and doing paranormal investigations and everything, um, required 
me to step outside of my comfort zone and go to um, psychic fairs and uh, paranormal meetups and doing all of this sort of stuff. It wasn't something that I enjoyed, um, but it meant that I could meet more people and uh, get the word out about my business and everything. So I I was forced to do it, whether I liked it or not. Um, We actually have a a very interesting background story because um, I, Anne and I probably met many, many years prior to us starting to work together. Um, And there's an even more interesting background story because I knew her husband before she knew her husband. (laughs) No way. It's all right. Uh, She didn't try him out before. No, no. no. (laughs) Okay. Um, That's good. That's good. Um, but again, my, my background is Polish. Um, Anne's husband's background is Polish. And my mother used to teach um, Polish language school. And uh, we both went to her classes. Well, I was forced to go. I was the daughter. I had to go. Um, yeah, but um, her, her Anne's husband, Roman, actually attended those classes as well. So I knew him um, when we were probably in our early teens. Uh, and then Our paths may have crossed when we had children, our first children, uh, because Anne had a son and I had a daughter and uh, we may have been at the playground at McDonald's at one point in time (laughs) and started to talk to each other as our children played. So a moment in time. And what was your daughter's name or is your daughter's name? Um, Oh, uh, Alexandra. What is my son's name? Alexander. (laughs) No way. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Weird. Uh, and uh, and then, um, of Jeez, course. You've gone right back with this story, haven't yeah, you? We're well, not doing the condensed version. We're going no. way back. <laughs> and then, because uh, it's just sliding doors, isn't it? it is. It's sliding doors. And then you kind of go, wow, I'm just going to go back here and, and match this whole story up. And uh, then, um, yes, I started my business, Newcastle Ghost Tours, and Anne was part of another group in Newcastle. Um, and Newcastle isn't that big. It's half a million people, and it wasn't half a million people back then either. Uh, and so it was it was going to be a point of us meeting at some point in time. And I actually respected Anne and the type of work that she did and um, the her good name. Uh, and so I was actually trying to pinch her very early on um, and she wouldn't be part of it I because obviously I, I was a bitch. <laughs> so, you know, um, eventually I invited her to a, um, a workshop in Sydney and um, it kind of went from there. We talked in the car and I had made um, – the traditional egg sandwiches that go on any trip when you're going in the car. <laughs> All Polish people make sandwiches when they go. If any of your listeners are Polish, they will know. Babcha will have told them, make food, take food with you. So, yes. She uh, even had the little serviettes to lay over your lap. So you oh, could, my oh, God. I, I was, love I was, it. I was sitting there going, this is a weird woman. <laughs> yep. 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 And so we had beautiful sourdough egg sandwiches and, yes. The rest mm. is history. <laughs> I was just love at first sight. Well, oh, I love it. It was business respect at first sight. Oh, no, it was yeah. great. It, it's, we, I think we'd also both been through a lot of trauma uh, with businesses and other paranormal teams. And then we found this, this like-minded path that we'd both suffered similar things and we were able to talk about it. Yeah. And we vowed we would never go into business with each other. Never. Yep. 
failed. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> and here we are today. Yes. Yeah. Um, you have to forgive actually, me. I've got a cold. <laughs> yeah, no worries. And actually going off of that, I remember when we were, I don't know where we were chatting about it. I think it might have been at dinner or something. You guys had mentioned to me a little bit about the paranormal community in Australia and how it is a bit more of a difficult community. Can you shed a little bit of light on that? And is that kind of a little bit too why maybe there was some hesitation with you guys maybe trying to get together or work together initially just because of kind of that already hard, um, yeah, just kind of that hard aura or community or community that it's been like kind of putting off. The the main issue with Australia is that we don't have the the sites that places like Europe uh, or America have. Um, people here in Australia still aren't very open to uh, the whole paranormal thing. They they think it's we're scammy or we're making money off the dead, as we've been told so many times. Uh, they want to protect their sites and sort of very territorial. Yeah, we'll we'll say mm. that um uh, if if we start to run ghost tours here, no one will come uh, and do business with us and all of this sort of stuff. So this is all going on always in the background, even before we get to the paranormal groups uh, that are in Australia. Uh, and so when you have a small area, um, like, well, for me, when I started doing this, it was try and get as many sites as possible. Uh, right. So I worked my butt off to try and get sites that I could do tours in um, and that, that can put people off because um, you sort of go, well, you come in, you've got all, all the sites already, what is another group going to do? Uh, and I guess that's the biggest problem um, that, and, you know, we're going back 10 odd years, the social media world wasn't as big with the paranormal stuff as it is now. So it was very much face-to-face -face sort of stuff, um, and especially in a, a township like Newcastle, which is very conservative, very conservative. Mm, okay. um, it was very hard to break through um, with uh, people in authority, people who uh, were the stakeholders for these uh, big sites and things, and we still have issues uh, with a lot of sites where a certain new person will come in and they will say, we don't want to have anything to do with this or we're changing the guidelines or whatever and, you know, your site is gone. You've had it and now it's gone. Or it's that expensive that, you know, you just can't. You can't take it on board because you can't charge people that much money for a, a two-hour experience. They, they won't yeah, come. They can't it. afford it. But we also find that the field attracts what I like to call special people uh, who they, yes, that was my outside voice, mm. sorry, uh, who feel that they you have a special ability or uh, they have that only they can contact the spirit world and they have the experiences of course. They which are makes the, them of special. Uh, mm. And more often than not, it is their own inner monologue, their own mind, their subconscious that is perceiving it as spirit because they want to be that special person that can talk to spirit yeah. and they can be quite troublesome. Well, I mean, we've had some people who have come to the jail where we run experiences and they'll say, there are no ghosts here. We're going, 
how can you say that? Oh, well, I can sense them. There are no ghosts here, so I'm going to go home. And and one of them did. <laughs> she did. Yeah. We let her. Okay. Said the ghosts, <laughs> yeah. don't want to, ghosts don't want to talk to her because she's special. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it, it is very territorial. It's, you know, groups will set up and they will kind of put a boundary around where their space is and heaven help you sort of try and even run a, a workshop or a tour uh, in, on that spot because it will be, you know, very um, disconcerting to the group as, as if, you know, someone is elbowing in on, on their site. Um, and again, with the amount of sites that are available, it's it's there's no choice. Yeah. You know, it, it's not like you go to Europe and um, there's a, a place around every corner that's haunted. Uh, you know, you could right. you could be in England for three years and not see all the haunted sites <laughs> that there are. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So that's that's difficult. We still have a plethora of men who uh, sort of think that they are the only ones that can lead paranormal groups. But I do have to say Mm -hmm. Australia is doing very, very well with the females and uh, there are a lot of women stepping up and going, yep, we're going to do this and we're going to run this business and um, or, or, you know, side hustle or whatever it is and um, really go with it. So Australia's been doing really good with sort of balancing that male-female thing. Yep. What is your guys's dynamic? So, and just a little bit about your background of how you got interested into doing this, into the paranormal, right? So is it, am I getting this right? That one of you is um, heavy in the paranormal investigating and the other is the medium, a part of the paranormal investigating. How, what is that dynamic? And then uh, again, how did well, you get interested into doing this? Well, I think we're both, heavily into the paranormal investigation, but Renata is the more gifted one out of the two of us when it comes okay. to psychic mediumship work. Of the special uh, one. My, the special my, one. She's the special. special. Uh, <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, so I sort of stumbled, I've always been interested all my life, but I stumbled across a TV show on Foxtel at the time uh, that I think was TAPS, Ghost Hunters, Mm -hmm. and I didn't realise that you could investigate the paranormal with technology. So I then started to head down that path and try to understand why we use the equipment and what are we trying to achieve instead of just going, I'll wave this around, oh, it's flashing, it must be a ghost. I wanted to know why. Why does Mm -hmm. that mean it's a ghost? So that's sort of the path I headed down because I didn't believe I had any psychic uh, mediumship abilities, which it does pop up occasionally, but not as consistently as hers. I think the more you're in this field, the more you sort of develop those links. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's my aspect. But you also had an experience as a child too. Yeah. I did have experiences as a child yeah. uh, at, at um, a place called Stockton that had a lot of Aboriginal uh, history associated with it. And I, I used to feel like there was something jumping around under the bed and making the bed move around. And I sure saw something shot at a window one night. And oh looking gosh. back now through different eyes, I'm pretty sure yeah. that was Indigenous. Mm. Mm, okay. Mm. Uh, from my point of view, it's probably something that I was always drawn to. Um, I 
developed as a tarot card reader um, in my early 20s because, again, it was something that I really wanted to do. I felt a real calling for that. And um, I was running a small sort of new age business in Newcastle, very, very small, and we weren't making a lot of money. Um, And uh, I went on a ghost tour that was organized by a woman from Sydney. She'd come down to Sydney and she did a tour in one of our really historic sites. And as I was standing there with the group of the other 30 or 35 people, I heard a voice in my ear saying, you should be doing this. Why aren't you doing this? Why, Why is there a person from Sydney coming to do tours in Newcastle? And that literally was what started me. That's that's that moment started me doing tours here in Newcastle. So when you guys go into a paranormal investigation, what is that like? Like what makes it different for you guys and what is your process that you conduct basically? Well, remember that uh, for us the it's two different type of things that we're we're um operating. So we have public tours where that's very different and very structured and mm-hmm. and, and we have to about that. work out the entertainment factor in that uh, not that anything is faked but we need to know that they're, they're getting the equipment that they see on the ghost hunting tv shows they're working with yeah. it they're doing experiments like you see on the ghost hunting tv shows and uh, if somebody hears a noise we'll go oh that's that's great and we'll encourage it and uh whereas if we are investigating ourselves yeah, if we're investigating because someone has called us up and there are some issues and there's two types there uh, too. Yeah, in the house uh, and we need to go in and try and check that out, uh, often we don't go in with anything. We actually sit down and we have oh, I a... I go in with a notebook, notebook yeah, and pen. A long discussion on what they think is happening and how long it's been going on and getting some information. And we sort of go from there. So we might do a walk through the house. We might sort of get a vibe for what's going on. Uh, we tend to look a lot at what is there in the house. There are always telltale signs of what might be going on underneath what people are saying. Mm. Uh, and then we sort of come back and have another conversation and see what the people that are associated with that particular spot are open to. Because once you hit a um a bias once you hit a a an area where that person is now stuck in their belief system yeah. uh it can be sometimes really hard to move them on to something that might be logical or something that is a a personal issue that really needs to be attended to rather than this sort of thing of it all must be ghostly it must be something yeah. else's fault not our fault. They'll, that this they'll is seem going to on. think that if somebody has told them that there's a demon in the house or they've watched a lot of TV and they think there's a demon in the mm. house, they're actually inviting paranormal investigators in to confirm what they've already decided. They don't actually want to hear any alternatives. They just want right. this confirmation of, of what they believe. So they, they're special. Mm. It's a whole special thing That's again. Special. Yeah, but when we investigate, so if we go to a location where <clears throat> We've um, hired for the night, so we, we hired Derby Jail. We, we normally can't afford to do that, but it was a reasonable price and we could have stayed there till the early hours of the morning. But we got in and we would go and sit in rooms by ourselves and we'd just have our digital recorder and we'd talk to the darkness um, 
just like having a conversation with them to see if they want to respond with us or mm-hmm. um, if they're interested in who we are, you, you know, come forward and, and make yourselves known. We just want to hear your story. We're very respectful. We don't run around with the whole, it's a demon. There's a dark <laughs> yeah. energy here. It's come to suck out my soul. Because, I mean, people that do that obviously get far more YouTube hits than us. But we're honest. Uh, And it's actually a really quiet, enjoyable night with the dead. Hey there. I know this conversation is super interesting, but let's take a quick break. Here's a special message from our awesome sponsor. Experience pure magic and rejuvenation with Wicked Obscura, a women-owned apothecary and candle shop in Covington, Kentucky. As one of the owners of this company, I can assure you that we believe in the power of nature and spiritual well-being, which we infuse in every handmade item that we offer. Our candle selection made of coconut soy and infused with herbs and crystals give off an unforgettable scent while promoting a peaceful atmosphere. With Woodwicks and 100% safe ingredients, our candles provide a touch of magic in every home. Don't miss out on this special offer. Use code CREATIVELYWICKED at checkout to snag 15% off your next purchase and experience the true essence and light of Wicked Obscura. Start shopping now at wickedobscura.com. Use code CREATIVELYWICKED at checkout to snag that 15% off. got to go to Huska Castle and yes. the Czech Republic together. Um, <clears throat> so before I get to one of my questions, because I, I want to talk about the table tipping. Um, but first, before that, did you guys have yourselves any kind of experience while we were there? At that particular castle or just in general? <laughs> at, the, at, that, at that castle. At that, at that castle? Um, mm, no. No. <laughs> That's okay. I took, I took some great photos. Yeah. <laughs> I think the biggest experience was the table. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'd done a podcast on it uh, quite some time ago last True year. Haunting's podcast. Uh, and uh, we got to research it really well. So it, it was really awesome to actually get into the castle and to mm-hmm. see it with our own eyes and to experience all of those places that we talked about within the castle. So that was yeah. really, really cool. Um, for me, it's it's a, a lot about just being in that place rather than needing to walk away at the end having some sort of personal outstanding thing happen. I mean, it would be great if yeah. it did, uh, but I kind of don't see it as a negative if we haven't had some sort of deep connection while we've been there. Well, and so my experience there was the table tipping. For one, mm-hmm. I had never seen that before nor heard of it. Um, so it was really cool just to learn about this uh, other way of connecting to spirit. Um, and so I remember watching you guys initially do it. And then after, like, I think it was like probably 10 to 15 minutes later, you know, you guys were calling in for more energy to help with this table. So I, you know, I put my hand on this table and it was the craziest experience that I had ever had. Cause literally I felt that table breathing. Like you could just feel it. Like it was like taking an in and out kind of a thing. Yeah. It was so wild. So could you tell me, um, explain to our listeners table tipping, um, how you do that and kind of even our experience at Huska. 
Yeah. Okay. So table tipping is from the Victorian seance era where people would sit around a small table after supper. The men have probably had love to have a cigar and port and the ladies will sit around the table and um, they will invite the spirits to come in. And, And during this stage, it was the age of spiritualism, so it was very normal thing. Uh, death was a normal part of life mm-hmm. instead of something that was taboo that you don't talk about or you try to push away. And they would um, place their hands lightly on a table and then invite the spirits to come forward and move the table to let them know that they were there. And this is actually a form of what they call physical mediumship, where a physical item is going to move and respond to your questions, hopefully. And this is what we did at the castle. We were looking for, um, normally it's like a, I think I've got one over there. Uh, It's a a wooden table with a single pole and three legs. That's the traditional table tipping table. There was nothing like that in the castle. All the tables were actually quite heavy. But I said to Renata, you know, let's give it a crack. Energy is energy. They might be able to move it. And this was a heavy table. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and we we just all sat around and uh, placed our hands on the table. Now, the whole thing that comes up with uh, language, because we're in the Czech Republic, I don't speak any of that language. Mm-hmm. Uh, people ask about this all the time. I I think that the intention of what you're asking is an energy thought form and therefore can be translated in any language. Or you can invite your team, uh, your helpers from the Mm, other side mm -hmm. to come in and translate for you. But Renata spoke Polish, which was very close to the language of the Czech Republic. So she was whispering away. I thought, oh, people are going to think she's possessed. And she's saying, (laughs) 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 so, um, yeah, and, and normally the, the people around the table will provide energy to the medium, and Renata was the medium in this case, and we just have to have no intention in our brain like we want the table to do this, we want the table to do that. We let the medium lead the conversation and invite it, because otherwise we've got five or six people all with their own thoughts and ideas of how they want this to go. So it's very important that one person takes control of the situation. Renata and I work together doing this sort of thing quite a bit. So we sort of bounce off each other sometimes. We're in each other's Mm -hmm. heads all the time. But uh, I'm going to hand over to you to how the session went. Mm. Well, we had uh, very, very new people on it. People just like yourself that had never seen it before, uh, never done it before, uh, even though this stuff started in America. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) Never heard of it. (laughs) <laughs> um, hey, but you know, also we're heavy on the whole church thing. So, yeah. you know, after a while, they're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it was it was so much fun and it's one of our greatest joys when we see people we always say that we've popped their cherry uh they they have this amazing yeah. experience where they walk away and their eyes are glazed over and their jaws on the ground and and, and they yeah. go and 2 hours later they're still talking about it or going I I don't understand what's happened I don't <laughs> I don't get what's happened so for us it's this opening up of possibility and opening up of well, what else could happen if that's happening? What else is possible? 
that's the brilliance of it because like we don't know we don't know the possibilities of what could happen um and it's just amazing to allow people to kind of feel and sense and that's really important at the table that you're actually feeling and sensing what is happening you're feeling that energy we got some people around the table and it was quite difficult to start it off because it was a cumbersome table it was hard to move it um or for it to start yeah it was in full daylight Uh, that the the bright light is supposed to break down the energy allegedly but we're i'm just under the thought of the uh, fact that I think a lot of um, deception went on in the dark and the physical seances. So uh, we like a little bit of light so people can actually see that none of us are hooking our thumbs under the table or doing anything. Yeah. But it started to move and um, it got a lot of power up and what what we tried to do is to put as many people on the table while it was moving um, as possible. The the whole idea of it wasn't to ask questions. It was to feel what was going on. Yeah, so to give people that Mm -hmm. were there a a completely different and new experience. Uh, But the the brilliant thing was that when we got to the end and we said we're going to finish now because we're exhausted, we're going to finish now, um, we asked the table to put itself back to where it had always been sitting and it did it actually moved back to exactly the spot and I had no idea where the table came from (laughs) it moved back to exactly the spot where it was taken from and it stopped at that spot and we we just went oh my god (laughs) that was so cool yeah Yeah. we've we've seen some crazy things uh I've got a uh a very tall mirror off to the side there, which the table has fallen over on its side and then slid to the mirror and then sort of adjusted its legs on the mirror and then slid up the mirror. <laughs> we go, oh, oh my God, God, what the hell? <laughs> but it's all done in joy and laughter and um, shenanigans because mm-hmm. that's the energy that, that will give you the phenomena, not the fear and the yeah. um, and intimidation mm. and um, it's a demon. Yeah. 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 Well, and you guys were really touching on this. I think what's so beautiful about exploring the paranormal and the mysteries in the world is it's people, I feel so many people still see the world as black and white. And so to Mm. be able to, it's like you're taking the red pill and then suddenly it's like you're starting to discover that there's more to this world than just what you've been growing up and, you know, doing, you know, kind of just like this normal life, going to school, blah, blah, blah. Like it is so vast. There's so much more. And this world is so old, you know, so it's like the more that you travel and you experience, it's just, it just really opens up your mind. It's such a cool thing once you just allow yourself to be even open to it. You don't have to necessarily Mm, fully believe it, but just to be open to the experience. Yeah, we have actually found that some people, after doing this work, have opened up to find abilities of their own, and have gone away and started to do this sort of work themselves. And mm. it's we we don't feel jealousy over that. We actually feel pride in yeah. the fact we've been able to give someone 
to open that up for them to to have a new ability to explore it they've just got to watch ego doesn't kick in and Mm -hmm. ego is where something has to happen every time Mm. and there's many times when nothing has happened for us and it's awkward as anything but it's the reality yeah 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 and we've we've also been told because we do youtube uh, videos and uh, we have been told by uh, people that we should go and watch the uh, TV shows that are um, uh, run by the proper paranormal investigators, like the the mm. men out there. Yeah, go learn some tips from Ghost Adventures. Go learn some tips because <laughs> you guys aren't finding anything. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay. Whatever. The amount of study we do, like we, we are studying all the time because we're researching for our radio show. We're researching mm-hmm. for true hauntings. Uh, we run workshops and uh, all sorts of things. We're doing courses online all the time. We don't just watch the ghost hunting TV shows and copy what they're doing. We study. Mm. So we take into account so we do parapsychology. Know we do take into account parapsychology uh, and that, that can make it difficult because – what we are finding a lot of is that we're trying to use our logical minds to explain things and sometimes you just have to kind of lean back and go, let me just enjoy this for what is going on and not try and work out yeah, how and that. why um, within reason uh, because yeah. it, that can kind of just kill off everything, <laughs> kill off everything. And part of this is finding your spiritual soul that part of you that says there is more to this than just this little bundle of atoms and everything. Um, yeah. It's, th- finding the connection with everything is the joy of it all. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you kind of got to stop being so logical at times and just work with your emotional side. And work outside your uh, biases. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will be putting – I know – I caught some video of the table tipping, but I know there are some other people on the tour that really caught like when it was really moving and like actually moving across the room. So I'm going to get that video and it's going to be in the show notes. So people can experience it. Yeah, absolutely. So this episode is going to be going live right before Halloween, literally the 30th. Ah, So being on a fun, spooky vibe do you guys have a really cool experience, spooky experience that you could share? Mm-hmm. Got, got a few. You go first. <clears throat> I have to think. Uh, well, <laughs> probably one of the uh, most interesting experiences I've had was uh, I, I worked with a <clears throat> um, some people who owned a small restaurant not too far from um, Newcastle. <clears throat> And uh, we would do investigations and things in there and they actually let us do a little bit of filming in there uh, as well one night to try and see if we could capture anything that was going on. And uh, I was there. There was another younger gentleman there who was a very, very talented psychic. He was really, really cool. And we kind of connected with a particular spirit that was there. And as we sat and we delved into the history of this spirit, we found out more and more things that um, this particular entity may not have wanted everyone else to know uh, because he was kind of the, the head honcho of all the other spirits that were there. He was sort of the boss, the leader, um, and anything that we revealed may have made him 
more sensitive or more open or, you know, maybe not as tough as the persona that he was giving out. Anyway, mm. the night went on. Um, the owner of the property at one stage said, look, oh, oh, I don't know, I'm feeling a bit weird right now about all of this. Can we shut down? And, of course, we said, yep, yeah, fine, that's it, close it off. Um, and anyway, went home. The next day at about midday, I get a frantic phone call from the owner and they are saying to me, you have to come in and you have to deal with whatever is in this room. And I said, what are you talking about? And he said, well, I came in and uh, my chef has come in to prepare the meals because it was a, a restaurant and yeah. we cannot walk into that room that you were all in last night. If we do, we both vomit and oh uh, we, we become quite anxious and uh, we can't even walk into the room. So wow. get your back get your backside in here and sort out sort out whatever it, it was. Get rid of it. Yeah. So um, I I said yeah look I'll come as straight as you know as quickly as I can. Uh, when I came in they were both sitting in a room uh, heavily drinking coffees and looking at me and going well what are we going to do if you can't fix this because we've got service in a couple of hours and I said <laughs> right. that's okay let me let me go in and see what's going on. So I've I've walked in. And my my thought process was I'm going to have a discussion and I'm going to see what I can do here. And the thing about it was that I was tr I was in negotiation mode. <laughs> uh, and what I tried to do at that point was to say that whatever was captured, whatever is on film, we will not release that. Okay, so it, it will never be shown to anyone. It is just a private conversation that we had between you and us, and I guarantee it will never be shown anywhere. Is that enough for you? Will you settle down? Will you settle back um, if that is enough for you? Now, in this process, the windows that were on uh, one side of this room started to rattle and shake as if I was being threatened by whatever this energy was to scare me off. And I had to literally stand my ground and say, you're not going to scare me. You're not going to make me back out of this room until we get to a space where we are in agreeance. So this is when you actually have to stand your ground and go, okay, I'm here to peacefully resolve this. I'm not trying to move you on or anything like that. I want this to be resolved and I've got a gift for you. So I actually had prepared a gift of beautiful crystals that um, I actually put up in that corner where we've had this energy sort of show itself to us. And I said, I will leave this here and I will promise that Nothing will ever happen um, from the filming that we did last night, uh, and I hope you're in agreement with that. And I really felt everything settle and calm, at which point I walked out and I said, okay, you guys go in there and see how it is. And um, I had to force them, I had to kick them into the room. Um, but they walked in and they went, yeah, it's fine. Okay, my job oh. is done. And I went home. <laughs> Wow. Oh my god. Yeah. So that was interesting. Yeah, I uh one of my favorites is from Maitland Jail. I've I've had a couple there. Uh but this particular one I was a guest on a, a ghost hunting experience for the night and 
uh, we walked into uh, Sea Wing, it was, and my friend that was with me at the time walked over to one of the doors that was for the insane cells. And he's mm. opened up the door. And as he's opened up the door, he went, oh, did you hear that? And there was this, he said, it went, oh. I went, no, I didn't. And then as he finished saying that, a traffic cone, you know, the orange traffic cones, yeah. uh, it came from outside, hit the inside of the cell block door and landed at my feet. And I th- <laughs> like, hey. I, I went, here. oh, yeah, very funny, all you people out there. That's really funny. You're throwing stuff at me. Ha, ha. And uh, I raced straight outside to say, you know, bugger off. And there was nobody there. And I went, that's strange. I got out there pretty quick. Well, as quick as I can move anyway. Uh, but I had a digital recorder in my hand. So I thought, oh, I'm going to play it back and have a listen. So I played it back and you can hear that oh, quite clearly as Dean's opened up the door to the insane cell. And then you hear the traffic cone hit the door and land at my feet. Now, where we were, it is concrete everywhere. Uh, There is concrete uh, floors, concrete walls, and like massive big jail uh, walls. Anyone who did anything out there, you would hear footsteps Mm. on these recorders. They're quite sensitive. What I did hear was like a, oh, I don't know if you can, not that loud, but, you know, the, the noise of something coming up off the ground and then it hitting the side of the door. There was no footsteps there at all. So whatever it was, it has levitated, been thrown probably about 10 feet with force to hit that side of the the cell block door and then ricochet to come towards me. Yeah. I I have no explanation for that. I've also had in that same area somebody that was walking ahead of me in the dark and this was a tour where Renata was away and I was running it for her and uh, it was like sort of moonlight. You could see ahead of you and – my husband had a group, I had a group, and I was walking around up to that particular wing and I could see someone walking ahead of me in the dark, in the moonlight. And uh, quite clearly could see they had like a leather bomber jacket on, some cargo pants, um, they had a ball patch on their head and sort of grey hair tied back into like a rat's tail down the back. And I went, oh, my God, they've got away from the group. How did they get away from the group? I don't remember that person. And I just thought, oh, check the groups, come around the corner, looked back, and they were gone. Now, where this was in the jail was where they had the exercise yards and there was no external escape areas oh. from there. And then at like a few seconds afterwards, my husband came through the other doorway and met me in the middle. I said, did you just lose someone for your group or something? Did they catch up to you? And he went, no, there's no one here. I was leading the group. So whoever that was, I have no idea. I opened and closed the jail. I know that person was not on the tour. No one by that description was on the tour. And, uh, yeah, I still scratch my head to the day about that one. But they're as solid as you and me. I thought they were a real person walking in the dark without their flashlight. (laughs) So wild. Yeah. Well, so I had an experience when I was 11 
I went to the Holocaust Museum in Washington, oh. D.C. It's known as one of the wow. best ones. It's it's a really incredible museum. I highly encourage anyone to go see it. Um, and I actually was, I'm very fascinated by history, even when I was little. So I knew a lot about the Holocaust. So there wasn't anything that was would really hardcore shock me. There are some things I didn't look at. They have like some video footage you can watch if you want, like once you get to the camp section that I was like, I don't need to see that. But I knew, you know, what was going on. So I'm trying to set this up because for me, I going in, like I knew what I was getting into, basically, like I was fine. And so I'm one of those, I read every plaque. So I was taking my time. Everybody else in my family was way ahead. They They were over, you know, just keep going. They're kind of the browsers, you know, but I was taking everything in, going through the experience, you know. And so in order to get to the campsite of this museum, you have to go through one of the transport carts. It basically acts like a bridge. So you go through the transport cart to get to the campsite. And I remember being on the other side and looking, my mom was on the campsite, looking around at like the old barracks set up and stuff. And I was like, oh, wow, like they really tried to like kind of recreate this on this other side. Mm -hmm. So I was intrigued. I was like, wow. So I'm going through the transport cart, and for some reason, I'm pulled to look to the left in the corner, and I suddenly get hit with so much anxiety, so much fear. I have never been this scared before in my life. Like, I was petrified. I felt like, almost like I didn't know who I was or where I was. Um, I was so fearful. I was like fearing for my family, fearing for myself, just all of this at once. And then I walk on the other side and I was like, holy shit, what what the hell was that? (laughs) And I was just like, it's fine. You're okay. Like, you're fine. Just keep going. It's all good. So I'm like trying to walk and bless my mom. She finds this like, um, it's like a marble display showing the process of prisoners being gassed. So it's it's really just meant to like educate people and show them how horrific this experience was, but also done in marble. So it's a, you know, an art piece. And so she's like, Kayla, you know, come here, come look at this. And I'm looking at this and she's explaining this to me and I just lose it. Like absolute hysterical, just 11 years old, it's like I'm having a tantrum and I'm just like erupting in tears and just freaking out. And my mom said I was completely white, that my eyes didn't even look like myself. And they literally had to escort me out of the museum (laughs) so I could like calm down. It was that bad. Um, So yeah, so that was my experience of, okay, something definitely came into contact with me. Something definitely, it was like they kind of went through me almost. Mm, Um, And being that young, I didn't know what that was or how to manage that. You know what I mean? Like, gosh, what do you do at that age with that? So parents, parents wouldn't know either. They wouldn't know what to do. No, no, exactly. Yeah. My mom still talks about it today. How like, she just, she just said like, man, you were so white. You just weren't yourself. Like your eyes weren't even yourself. It was a very surreal experience. Wow. Oh, Mm. that would have been horrific to go through. Yeah. So it sounds like you were picking up on the energy of the, the people there. So it's almost an empathic thing. Yeah. 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 And I was, uh, I was, I blocked that off for myself for a very long time because it was very traumatic, you know? So Mm. I had like this 
kind of spiritual block for a long time. And then I would say probably around age 26 and 27 is when I started to work on prying that open. So now I'm a lot better in that regard and more sensitive and welcoming to that. Um, But it, it was hard. I built up this wall because I just didn't want to experience something like that again. And then I had to kind of work through it and realize, you know, they're probably just trying to connect with me. You know, I'm this young spirit, this young light spirit walking in, you know, and so they're trying to probably explain to me, express to me what they were feeling in that moment in time, you know? And so, yeah, it's cool. Mm. I've got goosebumps. Good story. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I'd add to the spooky tales for, you know, (laughs) Halloween. Guess what? It's that time again. Time to pause for a moment and listen to a special message from one of our incredible sponsors. Divinely selected places have secrets and mysteries within them that cannot be explained. Manifesting as hauntings, spectral entities, and supernatural energies and are all found around the world in the most obscure corners. Unveil the best kept secrets of the world with Mysterious Adventures Tours. Immerse yourself in the mystical explorations of curated travel experiences, handpicked by passionate ambassadors and guides. Brace yourself for an unforgettable journey that promises to carve out memories like no other. Satisfy your wanderlust by visiting MysteriousAdventuresTours.com to learn more about their future tours. It's time to tour the mystery and embark on an enigmatic odyssey that will leave you spellbound. Well... Um, I would love to hear more about your guys' projects. You've already brought them up briefly, but, you know, I I was really getting excited to kind of talk about some paranormal experiences. But tell me a little bit more about the projects that you guys do, especially so that way people who are listening to this that are super jazzed about what they've heard, that they can find you guys online and start listening to a lot of your guys' stories and experiences. Well, we've we've got a lot. Uh, Our mainstay is the True Hauntings podcast which is where we uh, look at the uh, big hauntings or alleged hauntings and we dig down and we try to find the true history behind the haunting, whether it's just one person's experience which has then been blown out of proportion so then every ghost hunter that goes in has to have the same experience because they're a shit ghost hunter if they don't get the same experience. <laughs> well, so we've been told. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> And we've always seemed to have a bit of a giggle. I make Renata wheeze. I don't know how we uh, make Yeah, I don't know how funny. you can make paranormal experiences um, funny, Hilarious, but we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, so you can, you can find that in Spotify, iTunes, but we also have a radio show called Spooky Sundays, which is a podcast as well. Uh, we've got our tours that are on. Mm-hmm. We've got the Mysterious Adventures Tour. Mm-hmm. So we are doing that to Ireland in March if you want to spend St. Paddy's Day with us. In Ireland, yes. it's going to be a hoot. Uh, yes. Um, oh, and yeah. also Australia with Mysterious oh, yes. Adventures Tours in February. Yes. 
with Dave Schrader. Sorry, oh, the Dave Schrader. The Dave Schrader, yes. The one and only. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, yes, we've we've got a, a fun load of things. Uh, and it's going to be sort of a mixture of uh, paranormal experiences in uh, our places, the places we know very well, but also enough for people who have come from overseas to uh, really get a taste of what it's like to be here in Australia. We're going to put Maria in a drop pe- uh, a pen with a drop bear, so yep. we'll see how that goes. Oh, yeah. wow. Absolutely. Oh, my. Is that oh, live-streamed yeah. or...? Oh, oh, we can. We, we might yeah, be able to. We, we we'll might see. be able to. No. <laughs> oh, no. I did. I did hear a rumor about um, being able to maybe pet a koala bear. Is that is that a thing? Yeah, we might be able to do yeah. that as well. Yeah. yeah. We'll okay. be going to. Right. Uh, I'm trying. Very... To, I'm trying to. I'm trying to sell this tour for you. So any any plugs oh, I yeah. can get? Oh, you can pet a koala bear. Oh, you oh, can <laughs> uh, absolutely. Yeah, we will be going to one of the best-known reptile parks in Australia. Um, So not only will they be able to uh, see koala bears, but they'll also uh, be able to see the milking of a funnel web spider. Yeah, we've got uh, and crocodiles, Tasmanian tigers. Which one is it? Devils. Tasmanian devils. Devils. Uh, We've got our crocodiles. Uh, We've got our venomous snakes in there. It'll be fabulous. Oh, super fun! Love it. Uh, and then we're, we're also going to be taking people to our local winery. Um, and we have For some very, very well-known uh, wines that are um, uh, grown. Multi-award winning around the world. Uh, yep, in uh, in the Hunter Valley. And, and uh, cheese and chocolate. Cheese and chocolate, yep. So that will but be another experience. We are really concentrating on uh, the paranormal side of things with Dave. We yep. are going to haunted locations, like we're going up into the Blue Mountains for anyone who knows that. It's a lot of Indigenous and uh, Yowie type of thing happening up there. Uh, we, we might, there is one mystical one that we might be going to, which will be a major feat if Maria manages to pull it off. Uh, but, yeah, and hopefully... Uh, an old quarantine station, we yes. hope. Yeah, yeah, we we will be concentrating quite uh, heavily on paranormal. Yeah. Oh, we'll be in the rocks too. Yes. One of the most, the historic, yeah, the historic. The gang and the rocks. prostitutes. And, yeah. I love it. Well, yeah. and um, in Ireland, um, I know that we'll be, and we'll be posting actually the Australia itinerary soon as well. Um, yep. That will that will should be live by the time this is out. Where are some of the places that we're going to be going on that? Because you guys helped in terms of picking those locations. Yes, so we're going to the fabulous three, um, which is kind of a, like a, a triangle of most haunted. Uh, sites in Ireland mm. uh, and the first one is Lep Castle and oh, we've yeah. also got the Charleville Charleville Castle and uh, what's number three? Well I don't know if we're allowed to mention number three. Okay well, well and a surprise and a surprise. TBD. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so these are and we've been to all three of them and they are astounding Absolutely astounding, astounding sites. But there's so much on the way to enjoy as well. Uh, How many times have we been to Ireland now? Three Uh, times? I've been four or five. Okay. So uh, we're going to go see the fairy trees and we'll Mm -hmm. tie a piece of our clothing onto them. We're going to uh, teach people how to make a clootie and we're going to go to St. Bridget's Well Mm -hmm. and put tie our clooties onto the tree and, and give our wish to St. Bridget. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're going to Tintern Abbey, which is oh, breathtakingly beautiful. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. 
Uh, and there's there's ruins everywhere. It just really surprises yeah. me how many there are. Mm. Yep, yep. It's going to be fun. And yeah, us. and I and Ireland is. I just love the people, the Irish people. Anytime that I've gone to Ireland, they're always so welcoming and warm, and you just feel that it's like you're part of the family almost as yeah. soon as they meet you. You know, wherever yeah. you go. So yeah, yeah. I always feel like I'm going home. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be fantastic. For listeners out there who are needing some advice or inspiration regarding like picking up a hobby and, you know, pursuing it, tapping into that passion project, what can you say to them to kind of help them in this journey and to get inspired? Uh, So one of the first things is to start to uh, get yourself out there and meet like-minded people. So, you know, watch the stuff that is on social media that you enjoy and love. Get inspiration. If there is someone that is uh, close by to wherever you live or whether you have to travel a little bit and you have enough money to do so, go to a workshop or or go and uh, meet the type of people who are doing the same sort of thing that you are um, Talk to them about your passion. Talk to them about what you love to do and find out whether it is something that you can pursue uh, and do. And as we mentioned before we even started, some of this stuff, if it's a little bit way out, um, it's it's about exploring your joy at doing what you love rather Mm -hmm. than coming at it from the point of view of this is going to make me rich because there's one person out there that's rich and I'm going to be like that too. I'm going to copy them. I'm going to copy them. I'm going to do everything, you know, down to what they wear and how they present themselves and I'm going to be out there and I'm going to be rich in five months' time. And, uh, yeah, and the thing is that those that are really passionate about what they're doing, they're still be going. They're still going to be doing it in five years' time, and ten years' time, and twenty years' time. If you are in it for the money, you find out very quickly that those people don't survive because the money doesn't come as quickly as they think it's going right. to, and they disappear. It, so it wasn't really a, a love or a passion in the first place. Uh, my advice would be: uh, don't wait till it's perfect. Don't wait until the perfect time. It will never happen. You've just got to start, put one foot in front of the other and uh, move forward. Uh, For example, with YouTube, we have been doing our uh, misadventures uh, for who knows how long. And this is our travel around the world at haunted locations. And the things that go wrong, don't cut them out. Keep all that in because that's part of the reality of what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, Mm Yeah, and we're getting so little views on it, but it, it to us it doesn't matter. The ones that we did where we're reacting to watching other people's ghost hunting stuff has got thousands and thousands of views. But our love and our passion is to go to these haunted locations around the world because we know there are some people who will never, ever get there. Yep. And yeah. we can sort of take them as a little... Um, be on our shoulder and they can watch what we do. <laughs> fly on the our, wall. Fly on the wall, be yes. on our shoulder, whatever it is, a T-shirt and that. Uh, <laughs> and, like, we'll look, we'll talk through our eyes and our sense of humour and we'll be honest and real about what's going on around us. And I, it's not perfect. It's really not perfect, but it's fun. It's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. 
You just got to keep doing what you love with passion and honesty. Don't try to copy anyone else. Just do it. Our podcast, we didn't know how to do a podcast. We were just told, go do a podcast. We go, I, I don't okay. know. So we, we put something together. We agonized over it for weeks. There was a deadline looming. We went, we just have to record it. So we've recorded and sent it off. Um, we're now up to episode 133. Yeah. And we've had wow. almost 600,000 downloads. So oh, that's amazing. You, just, you don't know where it's going to go. You just keep doing yeah. it and loving it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, we are towards the end of the interview. So is there anything else that you want to leave us with maybe that we haven't talked about that maybe you want to chat more about or anything else that you guys want to mention? Um, from, I guess, my point of view, um, and um, I'm at a, a riper old age now when uh, maybe a lot of women might consider that they shouldn't be showing themselves on social media or shouldn't be having a voice because that's how we grew up, you know, in our yeah. As we were children, um, it was about sitting in a corner quietly and um, not interrupting the adults. Uh, and so I'm I'm at an age now where I I had the opportunity, and I think about this often. I'll I'll just switch off and I just won't bother anymore. I won't do this. Yeah, no one's watching. No one's interested in an old woman doing all of this stuff. Um, but you have to remember, if if <laughs> I'm not prepared to die yet. And I'm not prepared to go and sit in a corner and watch TV and and, and that's it and knit. Crochet. Although knitting and crocheting is lovely. Oh, and if you do that, fabulous. Absolutely. Like, wow. <laughs> but I still want to enjoy everything that I can to my very last breath. And if I'm, I can annoy people along the way, absolutely fantastic. That's Love just it. a bonus. Love it. But don't hide yourself because, you know, you've got grey hair or bits of your body are sagging now or you're not as fit or whatever it might be and you don't think you're fit for social media, uh, don't do that because there are yeah. other people, lots of other people out there who want to see older people who who are our demographic and also believe that they can still have fun and still enjoy things um, even if they can't do them because other people are doing them. So, you know, keep going don't let anyone stop you my final words support the people who are creating good content uh yeah. just like and subscribe uh if you have the opportunity to throw them a couple of dollars do it we do mm -hmm. all of this with no uh financial backing we don't have managers or or anyone yeah. we we just keep going out with a leap of faith every week doing what we're doing with the hope that there'll be enough people who will say so like buy buy us a cup of coffee because it's the the app or whatever it is and um they, they might shout, throw us five dollars and it's because of the people who support the work that we do and hopefully support the work that you do mm. that we are able to keep going on these adventures and Absolutely. sharing it with the world and telling our story so all of you people who are listening right now support your content creators it's really important because otherwise we can't keep doing it mm. we fade Absolutely. away we fade away amongst the plethora of other people um yes. and it's it's disheartening 
because you do, you put so many hours into this and so much passion and love. Um, and you know, we, we do it because we know there are people out there who watch it um, and we love doing what we do. And we've got to be able to pay our bills. Yeah, you've got to pay your bills. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for that. Um, that was, that was, I really appreciate that. And so regards to online, how can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, just search Anne and Renata, A-N-N-E and Renata, frightfully good, or ghost grannies, and it should pop up with all our things. But we're on YouTube. That's the thing we're really trying to encourage people to become involved with. Just you know, watch our videos, give it a, a thumbs up, subscribe, and write a comment. It really helps the content. To do it right now on this video, guys. Help Kayla out. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but we're on uh Facebook, we're on Instagram. We're not very busy on Instagram. We're on TikTok. Uh, but yeah, YouTube and podcasts. That's where I forgot Diary of a Ghost Hunter too. We do that podcast as well. Yes, you. Yeah, you ladies are so busy, but I just love it. I love all that you do. I'm very inspired by what you guys do. Um, and I'm so excited to be able to journey with you guys in March in 2024 to Ireland. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. We will have a hoot. We will have so much fun, Shenanigans. Kayla. Absolutely. That's what yes. we're about. Yes. And so people listening, please join us. It's going to be so fun. And um, it will be all of these links, including for these ladies to find them on the internet, will be in the show notes so people can easily access that. And again, I just want to thank you guys so much for being here. And oh, we thank you. Me. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Well, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. It is my morning, so I'm going to get another cup of coffee <laughs> and get on with my day. So right, thank, thank you very you so much. much, Kayla. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye, guys. This podcast is brought to you by MindJunk Creative, a creative agency that creates brands and experiences rooted in visual storytelling. By exploring your MindJunk, MindJunk Creative is able to tap in and explore all of your wild ideas that you may have viewed as throwaways and use them to create engaging stories and experiences for your brands. What's your story? Go to mindjunkcreative.com and follow them on Instagram at itsmindjunk. Thank you so much to Anne and Renata for that amazingly haunting chat. I have to say, I definitely had a frightfully good time. If you really enjoyed everything that Anne and Renata had to say about their frightfully good adventures, click the links in the episode description and the show notes on our website at creativejunkpodcast.com to connect with Anne and Renata on social media and explore their website. And keep coming back to our website for the latest updates from all of our incredible guests on Creative Junk. If you haven't subscribed yet, oh my gosh, what are you waiting for? Come on, find me on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or any of your go-to platforms. And if you can, leave me a review and share it with your friends. I will be forever grateful. Have any thoughts on today's episode or any must-hear stories that I need to know about? Hit me up at hello at creativejunkpodcast.com. I really do love hearing from you all. And hey, happy Halloween. Catch you later, folks. Did you love this episode? 
Well, let's continue the chatter on Instagram and Facebook. We can dish about the latest interview and catch up on all things, well, creative. Plus, check out creativejunkpodcast.com for show notes and other juicy resources to satisfy your creative cravings. Don't miss out on the fun. And hey, thank you for listening. Thank you.